Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Our summer series called The Fire Still Falls. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. First Corinthians 2 and verse 1. <clears throat> it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you don't know anything, that's something pretty good to know, isn't it? Verse 3, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And I want to preach, I want us to focus on verse 4, when the Apostle Paul said, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. I want to preach today about a demonstration of the Spirit. A demonstration of the Spirit. Can we pray together right now? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I thank you, God, for the Word of God. I thank you for the power of your Spirit. We want you to move in this place today. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Other than Jesus himself, the Apostle Paul was probably the most prominent figure in the New Testament. He was the main voice of the Lord to the Gentiles. His life mission was taking the gospel to the then known world. He wrote many of the books in the New Testament, and often he would communicate to the churches that he established by writing to them letters that would communicate what his vision was and what God was speaking to that particular congregation. The passage that I just read to you was part of one of those letters to the church at Corinth. Now, according to Acts chapter 18, Paul started that church in Corinth, and he spent about a year and a half there getting that church established. He wrote a different letter to the Christian church there when he was in the city of Ephesus that he references in 1 Corinthians 5. Now, I don't want to confuse you, but the letter he was referencing was lost. So, when you read 1 Corinthians, that's actually the second letter that he wrote. When you read 2 Corinthians, actually the third letter that he wrote, and we really don't know what the contents were of that first letter. But when Paul wrote that letter, it was in response to some things that were going on in the church. Now, he begins his letter, and by the way, we call those letters epistles. I had a Bible study one time with someone, and I just asked the question. I said, by the way, do you know what an epistle is? 
and she thought about it. She was just as sincere as she could be. She said, is that the wife of an apostle? And I thought, man, that was a great guess right there. Uh, No, that's actually a letter written to the church, but I like your definition better. Amen. She said, is that a wife of an apostle? No, the epistles are the letters from Paul to the church. And in this letter, he was reminding them of his authority to speak to them. And Paul starts addressing some of the issues of division that the Corinthian church was facing. Then he begins to point out to them that God's power and God's wisdom is always greater than the wisdom of man. And can everybody say amen to that? Here's what he said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. He said, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. He went on to say that God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise so that no one could boast. He told them that that is why he did not come with eloquence and he did not come with human wisdom. And by the way, folks, Paul could have impressed them with his eloquence and with his wisdom, but he chose not to. Now, unfortunately, I feel like that is exactly where a lot of Christian churches have ended up today. Now, I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not going to name names. I don't do that. But many pulpits across America are preaching to people more to impress them than to impact them. Come on, somebody. See, powerful anointed preaching has been replaced with what Paul said is eloquence or human wisdom. Now, let me just be clear. Preaching doesn't have to be loud to be powerful, and it does not have to be ignorant or dumbed down to be anointed. Amen? But what we need more than fancy sermons and perfect worship services by bands and praise teams, we need a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Could somebody give God a praise right now? Come on. Hallelujah. The Lord's been talking to me. We need to get back to the basics. I believe that as a church, we need to be culturally relevant. I believe we need to be engaged with current events, including politics and social justice, which, by the way, let me just say, that's why I try to expose you to godly men and women that are running for office, because they shape the world that we live in, and we need to be involved in that process. People say, the church shouldn't be involved in politics. Well, Christians should be involved in politics, amen? We ought to be involved because they make the difference. Come on. Don't give up ground, amen? I'm going to introduce you to a godly woman next week that I hope becomes their next lieutenant governor, amen? But hear me, churches have got to understand we can be spiritual without being weird, Amen? We can be relevant without compromising the gospel. We can preach and teach that people need help and they can find help while still having a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, Paul could have impressed them with his knowledge, but he didn't. He could have tried to wow them with his credentials, but he didn't. 
Instead, he said, I have come to you in weakness and not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now, hear the words of Paul. Hear them same words from different versions of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. He said, I came, New Century Version, with proof of the power that the Spirit gives. And the King James, he said, I came in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In the New Living Translation, he said, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you right now, I think church, come on, we need that in our services. We need proof of the demonstration of the Spirit. Come on, we need a demonstration of the Spirit and its power. We need a reliance on the power of the Holy Spirit. See, what's been happening all summer long around here should remind us that God's work is not the construct of man, but it is the construct of the Spirit. Amen. That's why we've baptized people, I think, five Sundays in a row. Somebody's supposed to be baptized today. There's been over 40 people water baptized in the name of Jesus. Come on, these last few weeks. To God be the glory. That's why we don't just have baptism services two times a year. You know why? We're not going to put God in a box. When God is ready to move, we got to let him move. When God is ready to do something, we got to let him do something. I want to remind you of the words of the prophet Joel, a passage that's been repeated often in this series, Joel 2, 28 and 29. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on the men's servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Folks, I didn't come today to razzle you with eloquent words. I came today to remind you that what we need is not more eloquent sermons. Come on. We don't need more polished preachers in the pulpit. We don't have to have the greatest worship songs or the latest lyrics. Come on, somebody. What we need is what Paul said they needed. We need a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. We got to have it. God's not impressed with fancy church buildings. He's not impressed with fancy clothes. He's not impressed with fancy words. Those things mean nothing to God. He wants to find people where he can show his power to a hurting and a dying world. Amen? See, like the song says, fire, fire, fall fresh on us. You know what we need? A demonstration of God's power. We need to see healings when we come to church. Amen? We need to see miracles when we come to church. We need to see deliverance when we come to church. We need to see people baptized when we come to church. We need to see people baptized in the Holy Spirit when we come to church. Come on. We need to see prophecy. We need to see the gifts of the Spirit. We need to see the fire of Pentecost. Amen. Because hear me, if we pray, he will come. If we worship, he will show up. If, he, if we will submit, God will move. See, I don't want to just settle for good church because hear me, it ain't good church if God ain't in it. Come on, it ain't good church if God doesn't show up and show out. What is demonstration? It's an exciting word, and it has a very pointed application. One dictionary said a demonstration is this, a display given to others of how something is to be done or how something works. Evidence or proof that allows no doubt as to its validity or soundness. 
a public show as a group for or against something, a show of military force or movement toward an enemy. Amen? How many of you ever seen those infomercials that come on late at night? When they want you to buy the product, they do a demonstration, right? I, I told the first service at 9 o'clock, I said, man, I wish I'd have thought. Have y'all seen that infomercial where they're trying to sell that ladder that folds? Man, remember that? And the guy's like climbing on it, and it folds all up, and he falls off, and it's hilarious. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. I said, man, I, I, but I guarantee you nobody bought that ladder because the demonstration failed. I used to sell rainbow vacuum cleaners when I was in college. And hear me, if you wanted to sell a $1,000 vacuum cleaner in 1989, you better have a powerful demonstration. Amen. When you show up at the gym and the trainer walks you around for the first time to show you the equipment, he gives you a demonstration. And for many of us, it's the last time we look at that equipment up close. Amen. But it's a demonstration to get you actively involved. When the military wants to put a fear in our enemy, you know what we do? We go out in the middle of some sea and we fire off a bunch of missiles and we blow a bunch of stuff up. You know why? We're trying to demonstrate our power. When I go to a football game, I want to see an offensive and a defensive demonstration. When I go to a baseball game, I want to see a demonstration of hitting power. When I go to a car race, I want to see a demonstration of horsepower. And when I go to church... Let me ask this side over here. When I go to church, come on, when we go to church, come on, we ought to expect to see a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We ought to expect to see it. Amen. Church should not be three songs, a theological lecture, a TED talk, and a dismissal to go home. We ought to see the power of God demonstrated and lives changed by the glory of God. People getting healed, people getting delivered, people getting baptized, people getting set free from addictions and power, people getting filled with the presence of God. Amen. We don't want to just punch our spiritual time cards. We need a demonstration of the Spirit. Paul said this gospel that we believe in today is a gospel of demonstration. Amen? The gospel is a gospel of action and power. It's not a dull, dead, boring gospel. It's, it's sharp. It's alive. It's active. Hear me. The death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ was full of demonstration. When Jesus died, it was dramatic. Amen? Come on, it wasn't just some death in the corner of a room somewhere in some remote village. When God who was robed in flesh, was crucified between two thieves. And when he died, the earth shook. Come on. The clouds rolled in. It got dark. People trembled at the very sight of what was going on. When the body of God died and they stuck him in a tomb, it was a spectacular demonstration. This was no ordinary funeral, folks. Because when they covered his tomb with a stone, guess what? The Bible says Jesus descended into the quarters of hell, and he took the keys of death and hell and the grave. Come on, somebody. During those three days, the apostles were weeping and crying, but God was doing his work. There was a dramatic demonstration of power. 
When the stone was rolled away and Jesus resurrected, he unleashed salvation onto this world. The gospel is not a gospel of fancy words. It's a gospel that turned the world upside down. It's a gospel that is intended to change people's lives. Can I just tell you that when I got saved, I was one week from turning 16 years old. It was a transformation at the maximum. Amen? It was a turnaround. It was a dramatic experience to match no other experience in my life. When I was lost in my sin, I didn't just need a counselor or a self-help book or somebody to just talk me through my problems, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. You know what I needed? I needed a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I needed the blood of Jesus to wash away my sins. I needed somebody to tell me the truth and look me in the eye and say, boy, you're a sinner and you're lost without God. See, we need to not just have church. We need a demonstration of the power of God. Paul said this gospel that we believe in today is a gospel of demonstration and power. Amen. Acts chapter 1 and 8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Folks, hear me. Jesus not only taught and preached in ways that people could understand, he also demonstrated in ways that they could see. It wasn't just a gospel of words. It was a gospel of demonstration. He changed the water into wine. He healed the nobleman's son. He provided a great catch of fish on a day when no fish were biting. He delivered the demoniac in the synagogue. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He cleansed the leper. He healed the man with palsy. He healed the man with the withered hand. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He raised the dead. He healed the centurion's servant. He stilled the storm with the sound of his voice. Even the winds and the waves had to obey him. Everywhere he went, and everything he did was a demonstration of the power of the Spirit that resides in him. He demonstrated power over nature, power over spirits, power over sickness. Come on, somebody. He demonstrated power over religion, power over tradition, power over the hypocrites. Come on. You cannot stop the power of God when it has been unleashed. Now, let me just say this, and I want to make sure everybody catches this. We cannot create the demonstration of the Spirit. We just got to let the Spirit go. We've just got to untie the hands of God. Come here, son-in-law. Come here, Xavier. He never gets to sit on the front row with me, so I'm going to call him out. Amen? You know what we do sometimes? Xavier's God. We've got God's hands tied with our traditions, with our preferences, with our desires, with our paradigms, with the way we like to do things, with the way we like to hear preaching, with the way we like to hear songs. And we say, God, we want you to move. And you know what God is saying? Would you please let go of my hands? Would you please let me go? Would you please set me free? Would you please turn me loose so I can operate? Amen. We're asking God to move, and God is saying, would you mind getting out of my way? 
We're asking God to touch people's lives, and he says, why don't you just let me touch them? Why don't you pray? Why don't you create the atmosphere? Why don't you get close to me? Why don't you remove the impurity and the filth from your lives? Why don't you prepare yourself and get ready? Because if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, come on, I will heal their land. He will if we will. Pastor, why are you so fired up today? Because I'm tired of dead church. Come on, because I know we don't have the answers unless we give them Jesus. Because I know that we don't have the answers unless we tell them who can set them free. Why don't we give God a praise right now in this house? Come on. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yes, God, we want it. 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 This is a gospel of demonstration. We serve a God of demonstration. So shouldn't his church be a church of demonstration? Amen? It was, and it still is. In order to see his power demonstrated, we've got to be submitted to his will, and we've got to prayerfully seek his face, and we've got to be willing to let God do stuff that we think is unusual. Amen? We've got to let him go. We got to let God work. We got to understand we can be spiritual without being weird. We can be excited without driving people away. Because let me tell you something people want to experience God. Can I tell you what one of the greatest lies is that the enemy is trying to sell the body of Christ? That people do not want the power of God in their lives. I'm going to tell you, this generation is hungry for God. This generation is hungry for something real. They don't want the artificial. They don't want the pumped up. They don't want the fake. They don't want the pop and the circumstance. They want an experience with Jesus Christ. Does anybody agree with me right now? Come on, hallelujah. And we've got to point them the way. The book of Acts is called the Acts of the Apostles. A-C-T-S, the actions of the Apostles. I want the praise team and the band to come on up. Not the theories of the Apostles, not the debates of the Apostles, not the boring lectures of the Apostles, not the dead, dried-up church services of the Apostles, not the endless church committees of the Apostles. <laughs> Do you realize how much we have messed up the church? Do you realize how much we have convoluted God's plan? <laughs> Do you realize how much we have complicated the simple message of Jesus Christ? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I recognize it. And you know what I want? I just want the demonstration of the Spirit. Paul said, I didn't come here to impress you with my words. Paul said, I didn't come here to give you eloquent speaking. He said, as a matter of fact, the gospel is foolish to those who are lost. He said, I came the way I did so that nobody could boast. It's not Paul who saves. It's not Peter who saves. It's not Life Church who saves. It's Jesus who saves. Amen? What's the demonstration? It's a display that gives to others how something is to be done or how something works. Remember our definition? It's evidence or proof 
that allows no doubt as to its validity or soundness. It's a public show as a group for or against something. It's a show of military force or movement toward an enemy. And hear me, folks, if we really are the Book of Acts church, then we need to see the demonstration like they saw in the Book of Acts. Let me say that again. If we really are the book of Acts church, we need to be seeing the demonstration of power that they saw in the book of Acts. Come on, I'm going to say it again until we all get it. If we really want to be the book of Acts church, then we need to be seeing book of Acts stuff. Stuff like the day of Pentecost. Stuff like the lame man being healed at the gate beautiful. Stuff like the apostle Peter being delivered out of prison by an angel when the church prayed. Things like Philip planting a church in Samaria. Things like the Ethiopian eunuch. Things like the miracles that were performed by Peter at Joppa. Things like Tabitha being raised from the dead. I could go on and on because the book of Acts is a book of action. Demonstration. What about it, Life Church? I want you to stand with me all over this house. The end time church must be a church who demonstrates and allows the demonstration of the power of God. Come on, not only words, but deeds. Demonstration. Can I just ask you a real honest question? Are you really going to be content with dead religion? Are you really okay with ho-hum Christianity? Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody would have led me to a dead church when I was 16 years old, I would have kept right on walking. Amen? I needed the power of God to break the addictions that were in my life. I needed the power of God to break me free from the trap that I was in. I needed the power of God to turn me around and put me on the right path. See, we have to see the demonstrated spirit in our lives. We say we believe it. We say we hear it. But is it coming to fruition? Is it bursting out of our lives into action? Are we seeing the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit demonstrated? Come on. People getting healed. People getting delivered. People getting set free. People getting encouraged. Amen. Our world needs a demonstration of the love of Christ, the power of God, and the impact of the Holy Spirit. And this week, When I was preparing preparing for this message, and I said, Lord, I want you to demonstrate your power on Sunday. He said, okay, let me out of the box. I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to call the people forward, and we're going to have a healing service. I wasn't planning on that, Pastor, amen. We got a hot dog truck tonight. We got an ice cream thing. I got to be back here at 6. I was just playing. I'm just, just be glad I'm not, I'm here today. I'm not at the river. Amen. No, 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 no. God said there'd be people here at 9 o'clock and at 11 o'clock who need to be healed. I said, okay, Lord, I got faith. I filled up some bottles of oil this week. Amen. Debbie did for me. See, I just preached about it. You just clapped about it. How many of you are ready to see some people healed in the name of Jesus? Come on. See, I'm not on trial today. I feel no pressure at all to heal anybody. You know why? Because I don't do the healing. Jesus does. Come on. I feel no pressure to meet anybody's need because it was not my blood that was shed. It was his blood that was shed. 
All we got to do is have faith and pray and do what the Scripture says. Pray the prayer of faith and anoint them with oil. And speak the word of faith and the word of God. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Again, simple gospel. Not here to impress. Not here to copy anybody else. If you need a healing in your body, I want the prayer team, the people that I've asked to come help me pray, I want you to come right now. And if you need a healing in your body, I want you to come forward. You want a demonstration? Come on. Amen. Come on up. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on. We're we're just letting God out of the box. Amen. Come on. Look at him coming. Look at him coming. Some of you, some of you need a physical healing. Some of you need an emotional healing. Some of you, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a chronic illness. Maybe it's a stronghold in your mind. God can set you free today. How many believe God can do it today? And now I want you to keep, come on, keep coming forward. Come forward a little bit more. Now I want the rest of you folks, the people of faith. Maybe you don't have a specific need. I want some of you faith people to come in behind him and we're going to pray. Come on. We're going to begin to pray. And when the praise team begins to, to sing, we're going to walk through and we're going to anoint you with oil. And we're going to pray for God to heal you. Some of you, it's going to happen right now. Some of you, it's going to happen in the days and weeks to come. How many of you believe God is ready? Amen. I'm going to tell you something right now. We are going to allow the Holy Ghost to work and operate every time we come together. And it's starting today, God. We're going to set you free. We're going to let you out of the box. So I want us to lift our hands. They're going to begin to sing. Let's begin to call on the Lord, and let's begin to pray for healing right now. Are you ready? In Jesus' name, let's pray. Come on, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Right now, right now, right now. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.